Hey everyone. Tonight I have a collection of short, scary stories for you, all of which I think you will greatly enjoy and you'll get a nice little spook out of. If you do end up enjoying the video and you're new here, be sure to subscribe because I upload videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we also have scary story live streams on off days. Most of the time they run for almost 24 hours, so if you subscribe, there will never not be content on this channel. Sounds like something you're interested in, something you want to be a part of, go ahead and subscribe. And if you're not new here, if you've been here for a while, go ahead and leave a like and leave a comment down below as well. It really helps out. Now, let's get into tonight's stories. Rocket's Red Glare The woman drove through the town slowly, looking for signs of people. She was uncomfortable, parking at a closed business in a strange town, but she figured she could easily find somewhere that was open on a Sunday afternoon. Except that the farther she went into town, the more she realized there weren't any open places. More than that, she still hadn't seen another person at all. Dead town. She quickly reframed it as abandoned town, but that didn't seem right either. She saw no signs of disuse or decay, and there were electric signs and working traffic lights everywhere she went. When she saw the boy on the sidewalk, she slammed on the brakes. She felt a little foolish at her flood of relief seeing another person, but only a little. And it didn't stop her from pulling over and getting out, the big smile on her face as much to reassure herself as the child. Hey there, how are you today? The boy, probably 11 or 12, gave her a cautious smile. I'm okay, lady. How are you? Glancing around, she gave an awkward laugh. <laughs> Better now. I was starting to think this was a ghost town. Where is everybody? He wrinkled his nose at her slightly. They're at church. Everybody? At three in the afternoon? She wanted to question it, but didn't want to offend her only discovered island of humanity. Oh, cool. What about you? You don't go? Grinning, he shrugged. <laughs> I don't need it like they do. She swallowed. Something about the boy was off, and it wasn't what he was saying. Better to just get directions to the interstate and move on. Opening her mouth to speak, her words became a thin cry as something brushed past her silently on its way to sit next to the boy. It, she guessed, was a huge dog, but it looked more like a hyena with a heavy square jaw set below deep-set eyes and a thick frill of hair that ran down its broad, spotted back. She froze, terrified as it stared at her. What's that? Oh, just my dog, Rocket. He's my best buddy. I... need to go now. Really? You should stay. Rocket likes you, I can tell. The hyena dog kept staring at her, staring into her. Why wouldn't it... Stop. Her husband lasted longer than the kids. 
She broke one knife off in his leg, but that's why she'd gotten two from the kitchen. Pulling him into a prostrated position before her blood mural of rocket, she felt pride in her strength. She still had much to do, but when she finally returned to town, Rocket would look in her soul and find it strong and raw and red, worthy of entering the kingdom of Ash. Looking down at her former family, she felt nothing. She walked out the front door for the last time, leaving them behind to atone for their sins of being weak, of being prey, being born. Forbidden Love My eyes widened as I spotted her across the street. She was, without a shadow of a doubt, the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. Her eyes were bright blue, and even with her pale skin, she looked breathtaking. I watched her eating away, and I couldn't help but wonder what her lips tasted like. Her gaze shifted to me for a moment and I ducked my head as I was embarrassed for staring at her. I waited for a few moments to raise my head and was relieved to see she was smiling at me with a small dribble of blood pouring out the corner of her mouth. She seductively lifted the hands she was eating and began sucking the blood from the fingers. My mouth was hanging open as I couldn't believe how sexy that looked. I leaned down and tore out the throat of the man beneath me, silencing his screams. I carried it over to her and watched in delight as she took it from my shaking hands. She smiled up at me even as she tore the flesh apart with her feet. She stood up to face me and I watched in wonder as she leaned forward and bit off my lower lip. She playfully began to roll it around on her tongue before winking at me and swallowing it. If my penis hadn't rotted off months ago, then I would say all my blood would have rushed towards it. I felt pushing behind me and I knew we were once again on the move. I felt something touch my arm and was overjoyed to discover that she had linked arms with me. I was on cloud nine when we began hunting for more survivors as I honestly thought my chances of ever getting a girlfriend had died the day I became one of the undead. self-starter. He was sitting alone in seat H of row 47. Minutes earlier, the seats around him had been full of cheering fans, but now they'd all been hurled into one of five separate holding areas while we determined any potential threats. If the tip was right, this guy had somehow smuggled in enough explosive to take out everything in a 50-yard radius of where he was sitting. Uh, hey, Timothy. That's your name, right? He grinned at me. Yeah, that's my name. I edged into the row in front of him. I was wearing a flak vest, but it wouldn't save me if he had something serious. If it was even on him at all. But, no. I had to focus. Get him to focus. 
get enough info or get close enough to make sure he didn't have a dead man switch. Tim, you've got a lot of people scared right now. He raised his eyebrows. Is that so? Yeah. We got a tip an hour ago with your name and picture. Said you brought a bomb in here today. Planned to kill a lot of people. He just looked at me placidly like I was telling him we were out of his favorite soda. Now I'm hoping this is a false alarm, but we have to check. So, Tim. Did you bring an explosive device in here? Frowning, he shook his head. No, of course not. My stomach unclenched a little. Okay, that's good. That's great. Not that I don't believe you, but do you mind standing up and taking off your shirt? He did so without complaint, turning in a small circle before I could even ask. When he was done, he pulled down his shorts and underwear and did another turn before sitting back down. See? No bombs. I stared at him. Why are you so casual about this, then? He wasn't looking at me now, but staring up into the sun. He teaches that fire is everything. From the stars that light the universe to the electricity driving our brains, fire is life. He looked back to me and he was weeping. The gift to control and harness our fire is such a blessing. He smiled wetly. He taught us that too. What are you? I'm casual because my job is just to distract you while my brothers and sisters were carried into the flameless that packed this place. Three in each of the five sections of your bomb evacuation plan. I stumbled as the first of the explosions sent shockwaves through the concrete and steel around us. <laughs> More than enough to cleanse this place. I went to draw my gun, but his skin was already peeling away and licking tongues of red and orange. The heat of it stole my breath even as the first shockwave began, tearing me apart with hands of flame. The world became heat and light and thunder, and even as a ghost of ashes, still, I burned. I found a tribe of feral children living in the channel tunnel. I kept glancing at my watch as I ran down the stairs as I knew that it was late. I raced across the platform and dived through the train doors moments before they closed. A number of passengers were laughing at me as I pushed myself to my feet and sat down in an available seat. An elderly woman was wiping tears from her eyes as she was laughing so much. I placed my earphones in to distract myself and started playing some system of a down. The train carriage was quiet as it was almost 1am and most sensible people were already tucked up in their beds. I was contemplating what I should eat when I got home when the train suddenly jammed on the brakes. I was flung forward and let out a cry as my head collided with the chair in front of me. I could hear someone cursing their head off as I clutched my bruised skull. 
glanced over at the elderly woman and could see a small dribble of blood at the bottom of her nostril. I was about to walk over to check on her when the lights suddenly switched off, leaving us in sheer darkness. I could see other people pulling out their phones to use as flashlights and cursed my own stupidity for forgetting to charge my phone. The lights suddenly flickered back on, which temporarily blinded me for a few moments. I heard an audible gasp from nearby and turned to the old woman who was staring at the front of the carriage. I followed her gaze to a little girl who was sitting on the floor. Her skin was almost translucent, and I was convinced that I could see her blood and organs moving around inside her body. She sat there petting the half-rotted corpse of a rat. The old woman jumped up and was about to rush over to help the child. I grabbed her arm and told her to wait as something in my gut was warning me this was a terrible idea. She shot me a disgusted look before shaking my arm off and hurried toward the girl. The girl barely reacted to her presence as she was swept up into her arms. The little girl finally looked up and I saw her head turn to the side as she stared at the blood dripping from the old woman's nose. She leaned forward and gently licked the blood. The old woman's face was a mask of shock as the little girl suddenly bit into her nose and tore off the tip. Her legs gave way beneath her and they both fell to the floor in a heap. The woman tried to push herself to her feet, but the girl launched herself at her and began biting and scratching at her flesh. The woman's eyes glazed over her as her throat was ripped open and she collapsed dead to the floor. The little girl started rolling around in the blonde that was spraying forth and shoveling into her mouth. One of the other passengers began to scream, which caused a domino effect as a number of others followed suit. I began backing away as the train doors were pulled open and over a dozen similar-looking children climbed on board. They sniffed the older woman's body and took turns drinking her blood. They began talking in an unknown language, and I could see them repeatedly gesturing toward the rest of us and smiling. I glanced out the window and froze in terror as hundreds more of them were clustered around outside. Each of them were smiling at me and I could see the hunger in their eyes. The blood-soaked little girl charged toward me and I reacted on an instinct and punched her in the face. She dropped to the floor and lay there unmoving with her eyes staring off into nothingness. The other children began moaning in unison and pointing at me. I moved backwards as carefully as possible and passed a number of other passengers who were frozen in place. The children let out a cry and rushed forward. They overwhelmed the passengers that had passed and bore them into the ground before slicing open their throats. I turned and fled with the children hot on my heels. They kept being slowed down as they massacred every passenger they could get their hands on. Many of the passengers in end carriages didn't even know what was going on and looked at me in confusion as I ran past them. I reached the last carriage and slammed the door shut behind me. I turned around and realized I was in the driver's carriage. His eviscerated corpse lay on the floor. I could hear the sounds of the children pounding on the door as they attempted to force their way inside. I sat down in the driver's chair and began hitting buttons in the hopes of restarting the train. I almost screamed in joy as it started slowly inching forward on the tracks. I pushed forward on the levers, and the train hurtled up the tracks. 
I slowed down when I could see the station at the distance and stopped just in time. I carefully opened the door and was relieved to see the next carriage was empty. Blood was dripping from every surface, but there wasn't any sign of anybody. I went from carriage to carriage but found nothing but blood and one lone eyeball that had rolled under a chair. I stepped off the train and looked back down the tracks to see a little boy waving at me. He seemed to be indicating that I should come closer, but I gave him the middle finger before fleeing out the door. The swimming pool. Twelve bodies down there. One of them's a little girl. Jesus. Yeah, I know. They found a stockpile of bomb stuff and weapons in one of the outbuildings, so ATF will be here in two hours to take over. Until then, we've been told to maintain the scene and not fuck anything up. <laughs> Assholes. We're not idiots. You and I know that, and the chief knows that, but this is too big now. Because of the guns? Or the bodies? Honestly, I don't know it's either of those. You know the stadium bombing last month? Yeah? What? Oh, shit. They think it's the same group? I'm not saying yeah, but... Yeah. That's what the chief thinks. Oh, okay. I get it then. But what about them? They have to wait too. For two hours? Yeah, genius. They're part of the crime scene we're supposed to not fuck up. But... I mean, what if someone was still alive down there? EMTs checked before we got the call to lock it down. Said they're all so burned up, they're going to have to cut them apart just to get them out of there. Except a couple on the bottom. There was actually still a bit of water in there, so they boiled more than melted. Jesus. You said that already. Listen, you sure you're up for this? I'm a year from retirement and that smell's about to make me puke. There's no shame in asking to go do something else. No, I, I'm good. I, I just... I'm good. Glad to hear it. Because I need to go piss. I'll be back in a minute. Matt, you about done pissing? It's been like... Fuck. Where did you come from? It's okay, sweetheart. Just... Let me call someone. Matt, dispatch. Listen, a little girl just popped up here. She won't talk, but someone needs to come get her. Come on, is anyone left on this channel? What's up? The kid. I was rating you because... What do I do with her? Doesn't matter. What are you talking about? Did I show you the pictures the responding took when the EMTs were doing their check of the bodies? Grim stuff. Well, yeah, I'm sure, but I haven't seen any pictures. Don't want to. 
No, go ahead and look. You'll find it interesting. Maybe later, but look. Okay. Yeah, they're horrible. I get it. But if we're not even... How? Matt, this looks like that kid. Oh, God, did they... Did they burn her sister? No. No sister. Just meat for burning. But this piece was under the water, so it didn't cook through well enough. Just... Enough. I don't know why you're being so weird right now, but I'm talking to the little girl and... What? Quit it. Put that down, young lady. It stinks. Is that lighter fluid? Who are these people? What are they... Oh, God, Matt. How could they be carrying him when you're right here? In front of me? No. This... This is all impossible. It is right now, but not for long. Now get in the pool. I may be the only person still alive in my hometown after the St. Patrick's Day parade. I couldn't help but marvel at the large crowds of people lining each side of the street awaiting the parade. Me and my friend were cracking jokes at each other to keep ourselves occupied and try and help us ignore the cold, blustery weather. I was constantly having to pull my outstretched legs as families hurried by me in hopes of finding a better viewing spot. It seemed like hours before the parade started as I huddled beneath the awning that gave very little protection from the icy breeze. I watched in amusement as the floats moved by in front of us with the occupants smiling and waving at the cheering crowds. My eyes were drawn to a lorry that was dragging along a trailer that was full of children who were blowing whistles and waving so hard that I feared their arms would fall off. The lorry slowly ground to a halt as the children stood stock still on the back of the trailer. I was staring at them in confusion as one by one their eyes rolled back into their skulls leaving just the whites visible. I nudged my friend to get his attention before turning to him in a panic. I flinched away from him as I gazed into his face to see his eyes were now whites as well. My heart was pounding in my chest as I turned from side to side to see everyone on the street looked the exact same. I stepped backward and heard a crunching noise beneath my feet as I stepped onto a discarded bag of crisps. I froze in terror as every person in view spun their heads and now faced in my direction. My eyes were drawn to two little children sitting in a pram whose arms were pointed toward me. Their mother stood above them and gently raised her arms as well. I could hear the rustling of clothes as every other person followed suit. I turned around and almost got poked in the eye by my friend's extended finger. His finger gently grazed my cheek and I was forced to cover my ears as he began emitting an ear-piercing screech that made every hair on my body stand on end. His cry was taken up by the others and soon the nearby windows were shaking from the force of their shrieks. I began to back away as the children from the trailer hopped off and began advancing toward me. Their mouths had twisted in what looked like a sinister smile with blood dripping from the edges. 
I dodged between them as their grasping hands unsuccessfully tried to grab onto me. I fled up the street as the crowds of people converged me on all sides. I ran into an alleyway and heard a ripping noise behind me as my jacket was torn off my back. I heard my phone falling to the cobblestones. I risked a glance behind me to see some older woman discarding my jacket to the floor. They plunged into the alleyway after me, which ended up with them colliding into each other and causing a bottleneck at the entrance. I ran as fast as I could until I had to stop to catch my breath. The town was deadly silent with no one in sight in any direction. I could see a now abandoned float at the far end of the street and started making my way toward it. I peeked around the corner before quickly pulling my head back. I mustered my courage to take another look and stared in wonder at the spectacle that was unfolding. There was a giant pyre in the middle of the town square, which had been piled high with everything green within reach. Many people were half naked as they'd stripped off their clothes to add to the pile. I covered my mouth to suppress a scream as I watched a woman tear out her green eyes before throwing them with the rest of the accumulated items. A big fat man who'd painted himself green marched forward before climbing on top of the pyre. He reminded me of a star on top of a Christmas tree as he reached the top and stood unmoving. My attention was fixated on the man and I didn't realize that everyone else in the square had frozen in place with their attention all fixated on me. I could feel a sense of expectation emanating from them. I quickly understood why they wanted and tore off any green clothing I was wearing and handed it to a nearby woman. She seemed placated and marched off with my clothing, leaving me shivering in my underwear. She flung my clothing with the rest as the other people began congregating around the pyre. Dozens of children pushed their way through the crowd and began throwing a liquid over themselves before climbing on top of the pyre. I came to the sickening realization of what was about to happen moments before they began to strike matches and lit themselves on fire. I vomited to one side as their tiny bodies were quickly engulfed in flames. The heat was immense, and even from this distance I can feel the hairs on my arms sizzling. More and more people began climbing over the children's blackened husks and didn't even react as their hair and skin began melting off. I saw my friend moving forward and rushed toward him in the hopes of saving him. I began tugging him backwards, but a casual swipe from his arm sent me careening to the floor. I wept as I watched his face melt away, leaving his grinning skull to mock my failures. The only sounds were the crackling of the fire as I sat alone on the square, staring up at the mounds of dead bodies that now lay piled up in the center. Hidden Teeth This is the day that always makes me the most afraid. Most of days, Daddy is sweet to me, so kind. We live in a big house and we have fun and everything is wonderful. I almost forgot about the anniversary. When I wake up and it's here, I'm always terrified. 
I'll try to force myself back to sleep while praying that maybe this year he'll forget and realize he doesn't need to do it anymore. But then the door opens, and I hear the hard soul click clack of her shoes and smell her perfume wafting into my nose. I open my eyes and look up at him with a wary smile. Her clothes don't fit him well, of course. Too tight, with his gray chest hair poking out of her floral top. Shuddering, I struggle out of bed and then follow as he awkwardly clomps through the house to what had once been a gym and now housed one only thing. The burned remains of our old car. Just the back half. The part me and Mama sat in that day. The part the cement truck hit when we were heading back into town because I'd forgotten my book bag. She'd been so angry. Was still calling me stupid when it hit. I don't remember anything, but I remember that. Now, Daddy was yanking open the squealing far door and forcing me to crawl in. My arms and left leg are weak now, so it's hard. He comes in after, huffing and sweating and so angry I can even feel it when I look away. Idiot. Your sweet mother died because of you. I knew it was coming, but it still makes me cry. I'm sorry, Daddy. Why couldn't you have been sitting there? Maybe she would have lived. That was part of the anniversary. Sit where she sat, so it would be me that got killed instead of just crushed. I wish I had. I mean it when I say it, because I know how much he hurts. I can hear him crying, can't I? I can. A rough talon shakes me awake. Looking around, I see my father sitting outside the wreckage. Not dressed like her, and not angry. Just weeping, and so terribly sad. The talon bears down on me, and I turn to look into her melted, smiling face. We don't have real bodies here, but I still smell how we cooked to death. Even though Daddy can't hear or see us, I still call out to him. Get me out of this place! Let me sleep, please! A rasping chuckle beside me. No more sleep, daughter. No more dreams. It's our anniversary. When she pulls me close and starts to bite, I think I'm crying too hard to scream. Daddy leaves hours before she's finished with me. And she always calls it an anniversary, but she's insane. It's usually just a day or two. Then he'll be back. And we'll be waiting. <laughs>